Welcome back to the 16th Street Scanner. I'm AJ. That's Tyler. Tyler, how are we doing? I'm hot, AJ. I'm hot. Yes, you are. Absolutely. <laughs> 100% agree. Well, that and it's 105 uh, here in Chicago. So uh, I hope it's not that hot this weekend because St. Louis ain't that far away. <laughs> I think that I think it's supposed to cool down for Sunday, actually. But yeah, it's... I'm sweating through my shirt right now and the AC's on full blast right now. So it's hot down here in Indy too. Um, but yeah, hoping, hoping they get a reprieve down in St. Louis. Um, got the Bomberito automotive group 500 coming up this weekend at worldwide technology raceway, um, which is the artist formerly known as gateway international raceway. Um, worldwide technology raceway is the worst track name by far. I Both of those of aren't good. One. I really like Bomberito. <laughs> Let's just keep it that. <laughs> Bom- yeah, Bomberito. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, Can we're you, going to like they got Barber. They own the place already. Just keep it Bomberito. Yeah, that would yeah some good synergy going on. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, last oval race of the year. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Tyler, are you excited? You know, this is probably one of the last ones where I'll be truly uh invested i think <laughs> um because you know polo feels like he's wrapped it up but here we're looking to see some history from joseph newgarden i think that would be great if that were to happen um i don't feel super confident in that and i think you are not alone in feeling like the rest of the season from here on out is not going to be uh Super compelling from a, a championship standpoint, but got to hold out hope. Um, if I mean, if anyone can, I've been saying this all year, but if anyone can win when he absolutely has to, it's Joseph Newgarden. And I think he's pretty much, I don't think anyone would argue that he's not the favorite this weekend. Um, he's won, what, the last three here? Um, I think 2020. There were two races here in 2020, then 21 and 22. He won those last three. So he's going for four in a row. He's won the last four oval races. I guess five if you're counting this one last year. So yeah, I don't know if anyone can hang with him, really. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't even know any of that. <laughs> uh, I was just going off of the fact that he's won every oval this year. So I'm looking for that oval sweep, but to put that into perspective that's the there if he doesn't win this i'm gonna be pissed off (laughs) well i feel like odds are that he won't (laughs) you know like but i i guess i said the same thing about iowa because you know it's seems to be his place you'd fully expect him to to 
win because he's been so dominant here. And you think, you know, someone else is due and two like willpower dull birds right at everyone else right back at me. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I don't know who like you got to think Scotty Mack and Will Power are probably the only two like it was at Iowa that really have anything for him. I don't know if you feel like anyone can catch him, but I don't think Polo can catch him, which is important. Um, yes. uh, so, yeah, I, I feel like it's maybe Pato. Pato was it looked like he was I was watching the 21 race mm-hmm. earlier. It was live today on YouTube, mm-hmm. um, which was really fun because he had a few people chiming in uh in a little live chat section oh um, that's cool i've never yeah. i've never like sat down for one of those and watched were you getting in on the comments uh yeah i chimed in here or there um i was curious what other people were there for some other you know people new to indycar um and some some probably some drive to survive converts and then some old heads uh <laughs> so it wasn't a super active chat but you know there were 200 people watching and i'm not gonna lie i didn't know it was happening Mm-hmm. um i just kind of, i knew i was gonna kind of throw a race on while i was working on dinner and mm-hmm. uh to my surprise there's a bunch of people watching with me so it was an event um that's pretty cool yeah there's another one next thursday so uh i'm excited for that i can't remember which one but yeah i know, I know they typically put them out like every week or so even during the off season they do them somewhat regularly um but yeah i've never like sat down and watched one live like that i feel like they should publicize that a little bit more yeah, I had no idea it was going. <laughs> I would, I would have totally taken advantage of it uh, throughout the season had I known. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, but Pato was fast there, uh, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe, maybe he pulls it off again. Uh, power definitely, um, and Scotty Mac, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. So, in addition to year two, I'm gonna say Pato. Yeah, I think. I mean, he, he's been fast on the ovals, too. I mean, he had a win at Iowa last year. He almost won at Texas this year. Um, and I, I do think Pato has won here in the past, actually. Maybe not. He's not. He hasn't been in the sport that long, right? If, well, uh, I guess you said there were two last year. Um, no, he's not won. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> so he hasn't won, but he's still pretty quick. Yeah, he's been up there. I think he w- I think he was hanging with Joseph one of those years. Maybe it's 2020. Yeah. Which would make sense. That was kind of right when Pato was kind of on his on his coming out party kind of thing. So, um, yeah, but I mean Joseph Newgarden is also he also won a fourth time here back when they first came back to Gateway after a pretty significant gap um with not having races there. Um But yeah, I don't you know like I said, he's he's the runaway favorite. If he doesn't win, I think it'll be kind of a surprise. But one big variable this year that is totally unprecedented is that they're running two tire compounds, which will be fascinating. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I'm excited to see that. It's a good wrinkle. So on ovals, do they normally only run uh, primaries? Yeah, there's always only yeah. been one compound, and it's a new thing they're trying. They announced it at the beginning of the year, um, but yeah, it's going to be almost exactly like the road courses. So there's going to be a um, a harder primary tire and then a softer alternate tire, and it's same rules other than qualifying. There's not there. I don't think they have an option in qualifying. I think everyone's got to be on the primaries, 
but during the race it's you got to do at least two laps on each tire and that's that that will be fascinating but there's 260 laps Mm -hmm. so a lot of room to work with there and but but yeah each pit stop counts so like are they pitting they have to pit more right or like how do how do they how is that going to change year over year how is that changing strategy year over year i should say well i mean you'll have um I mean, the the softer tire, theoretically, will be really fast for a short period of time and then fall way off. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you've got a short stint, you know, maybe it would be helpful to throw on the softer tires and, you know, just try and make up a bunch of spots quick. Or, like, if you're thinking there's a, ye- a yellow is going to come out or something. Um, but who knows? I mean, also, it could hold up pretty well compared to the primary and still be faster. Who knows? Um, I, I think what it really will do will just improve the amount of passing and racing just because you'll have guys coming and going on these different strategies, depending on when they stop. If, you know, someone has to stop early cause their car's a handful or whatever. And, you know, you'll just get variables, which I think typically <laughs> makes for good racing. Um, well, if, yeah, there's, I, if there's anything, if it's anything like 21, there's going to be some decent yellows in there. So I would expect some people to maybe, maybe one person starts the race on, on alternates, but, um, uh, like, I, I feel like that's not out of the realm of possibility for people to pit and get the alternates in early. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it who, no one can say at this point just because there's absolutely no like no data no historical precedent to fall back on here um i mean way back when they used to have multiple compounds but it wasn't like it wasn't like it is now where there it's like specifically designated as like a harder and a softer compound and like there's a very clear physical difference. So you and I can tell there were just like two different compounds and teams could kind of pick whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the interesting thing to me is that it's going to make practice in the rest of the weekend way more important because it is such a limited amount of track time. I mean, you have an hour of practice on Saturday. Um, and then you have qualifying right after that. And then later in the evening, you have another practice and then that's it. So you have two practice sessions in qualifying to kind of figure out, you know, mm-hmm. what this tire is going to do. And I think that obviously benefits Penske and Ganassi just because, you know, they're big teams and they have, you know, multiple guys who can go out and run the tire and practice and collect more data. Um, But I do feel like that gap has changed over the years now, because especially this year, everyone is a two car, like there's no single car teams anymore. So no one's at like a huge disadvantage in that sense, but you know, Will Power and Joseph Newgarden out there getting data on these tires and giving feedback to their engineers is a lot different than David Malukas yeah. <laughs> and Stingray Rob going out and getting data and giving feedback to their engineers. So. Well, yeah, and I am I would imagine Stingray Rob isn't. 
I don't know if anyone's going 100 percent in practice. I imagine you, the good guys are, but I don't know if Stingray Rob is. Uh, I he, would hope not. That guy needs to try to keep the car on the road. Uh, yeah. So probably not getting the right data. <laughs> um, that that's you know that's fascinating. Uh, I'm excited even more for this race. Just finding this out uh, from you. That shows how in the dark and how much of a noob I am. Uh, I, yeah, I feel like they haven't really done much to publicize that either. I mean, this is the eternal IndyCar problem. Yeah, if I if I know <laughs> IndyCar, even remotely well, like I kind of do now, they will state it during qualifying <laughs> uh, and during the practice. Uh, and then day of the race, most people will finally hear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of get it because it's not like if you tell some random person on the street, like, hey, did you hear IndyCar is going to run two different tire compounds this weekend at Gateway? No one's going to be like, oh, my God, that's must-see TV. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's not it's fun. at some point, I understand. Like, Yeah, the selling point is Joseph Newgarden sweeping the ovals. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's kind of the main. Do you think he does it? Not to uh, switch back to that, but. uh, Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah, I think he okay. does. It. We'll get. To, I'm kind of jumping the gun. Mm-hmm. We'll get to predictions later. But <laughs> yeah, no, I. Yeah, I mean to to keep beating a dead horse. I mean they should be promoting that a ton too. You're totally right. Do you, Do you think that would bring you in as a viewer if you if as maybe an F1 fan and not an IndyCar fan? Uh yeah, yeah. Anytime, um. Perfect example. I was at uh, a buddy's house the other weekend, and uh, we were watching some wrestling. I'm not a massive wrestling fan. I'd say I'm very casual, if that. Uh, Is this like WWE wrestling or like Roman yeah, Greco Olympic wrestling? It's like WWE. It was you know okay. AEW. Um, yeah. And uh, the guy, like people were getting excited, and I kind of had this buddy just explain to me what's happening. And then at the end, I had a guy who was really into it come over to me and he goes, you don't know what you just witnessed right now, but this is the coolest thing that's happened in 10 years. <laughs> so have you been keeping up with WWE since then? I don't have time for everything, man. <laughs> but it was cool to know that I just witnessed something cool. And that's the kind of thing that fans uh, that's going to draw those random people in, you know? Yeah. If if they're if you're hey, walking into the dive bar and everyone's like, yeah, Joseph Newgarden's about to pull, pull a clean sweep, baby. Um, you can yeah. get people excited about that pretty easy. Yeah, they need to like set. They, I mean, they need to make clear the historical significance of it, which I don't feel like they really have at all. Not in the marketing, like not in the lead up right now. So, yeah, I mean. Well, even in like the the notes that they the press notes that they send out, so they they say the last driver to sweep ovals in one season was Sebastian Bourdais, and it was two thousand six, and it's because there was only one oval. <laughs> so, like, when's the last time someone won five oval races in a row? Yeah, been a long time. Even even when the IRL when it was all ovals. I don't think anyone ever won five in a row in that era, even. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, granted, that was very different when it's all back to back like that over the course of five weeks. But 
yeah, I know. It, I mean, it's. This, I don't know. This is still a major accomplishment. Other than Alex Pillow winning the championship, which I, you could argue this is better than Alex Pillow winning the championship. Um, or more be significantly important. Historically, yeah, I think yeah. so. But. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, they should just be beating everyone over the head with that. I should yeah. be tired of talking about it at this point. I feel like I've barely heard anything about it and barely talked about it at all. Yeah, exactly. Um, but all that matters is that we're excited about it. You know, we can't force any well, car to do whatever. So as yeah. long as we we're here, we're talking. You guys but are at home. Are it does matter that other people ex- are excited. Should be excited about it, right? Like yeah, that's how you but, generate interest in your product. That's just out of our hands. <laughs> you know, and it's it's kind of like what are, what are we gonna do? You know, um, we're gonna rage the sun. We're just gonna scream <laughs> at the clouds. Damn until you. We can't anymore. I, yeah, it's, gods. It does get exhausting talking about it a lot, but and I, I try to be I try to like rein myself in and be like, you know what, it's racing. It's not gonna be the NFL. It's just not. And we, we can't have those expectations. But it's still a major, it's like it's a top level domestic united states sports series yeah like there's plenty the mlb of is never going to be like the nfl no but we still have high expectations for what the mlb does you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we should have higher expectations for indycar and even though those expectations are significantly lower than probably any other <laughs> series out there they, we should still be continued, like, we should still have those expectations and push them to meet them and then to further our expectations after that. I don't know. No, I, I totally agree. I just, it's just like where, at some point, I feel like IndyCar is not listening. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the the best that you and I can do is just spread the word here. Um, yeah. and the best people at home can do is just get excited. And like, I guess I'm taking, and this is, I live moment to moment. I'm very, <laughs> very much like that. And I'm looking personally here and just trying to make sure that I understand the importance of what I'm about to see, you know, hopefully. Well, yeah, and hopefully. that matters. Yeah, I totally agree. That matters too. And I, it's a disservice to you and I, it's not just a disservice to to potential fans who might be interested in this, it's a disservice to us because it's something we should be excited about. You know what I mean? And yeah. if they're not excited about it, why should we be excited about it? You know, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. <laughs> well, would just, I, I, it'll be interesting to see if Joseph does it, what the reaction is on social media. The reaction is from the crowd, um, from him, uh, and the the historical significance will be huge. So, well, and the other thing too, he's the Indy Five Hundred champ, yeah, which is a big deal. And like people outside of the IndyCar bubble that care about that, yeah. like that's something. I mean, there's a reason why, like triple 
the average TV audience for regular old IndyCar race watches the Indy 500 because it is a big deal and it's a it's a true American event. Like within the American sporting consciousness, it's a major event. It is probably the most I would. Well, I, okay, I don't want to offend other racing fans, but I think the Indy 500 is. Judging from my perspective, the most important and biggest event on U.S. soil for racing. For sure. It's bigger than the F1 uh, races. Oh, yeah. Now, especially uh, now that there's three of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just massive. It is. The only thing that's in the ballpark is the Daytona 500. Yeah. And that is partially just because NASCAR has passed... IndyCar so significantly in the last 20 years. Yeah. And that that's the only reason why. Like if if they were still on pretty even on an even playing field um like they were back then, I think the Indy 500 would still be way bigger. But yeah, I don't know. It, like it's part of the American consciousness, like I said. Like it it, it should be something that they not only like promote <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like that is the absolute bare minimum that we could ask, but like it needs to be something that they like get excited about. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like that. And it's the guy who owns the series, it's his driver. Like he, he should be pushing. <laughs> Let's get his name out there. Let's get his face wherever we can. And like NBC should care too. Like they're paying money, they got a bargain on these TV rights. If they can double them, oh man! I don't know. Well, if Joseph Newgarden sweeps when he comes back to Indy next year, the Indy 500, that'll be the story, and maybe then we'll get the appreciation that this event may deserve. I don't want to put the card ahead of the horse because if we we spend this much time talking about it, and it doesn't happen. What if Joseph Newgarden wins every oval for the rest of time? <laughs> the, the hologram of Joseph Newgarden <laughs> driving around in 2035 or 45 and just... I hope by 2035 he's still around. That's not that far away. It's 12 years. I mean, how old? He's he's on the older side. Um, he's like 33 or something. He'd be Scott like a, Dixon's like 44. He'd be a Dixon at that point. And I don't, I'm like, I don't know if he has a Dixon in him. Um, but that's a know. that's a story for a different time. I think if anyone has it, if anyone has the Dixon in them, <laughs> I think it's Joseph Newgarden. It could be. I mean, yeah, he's he's definitely up there, I guess. But twelve years is twelve years. Like it's no easy, no easy feat. And he's already had a long, uh, storied career. I feel okay. Like. So so Joseph Newgarden is thirty two. Scott Dixon is forty three. So it's eleven years difference. Joseph yeah. Newgarden has 29 career wins. He's over halfway to Scott Dixon in terms of win count because Scott Dixon's at 53 now after winning the Gallagher, which feels like forever ago now that I'm saying that. That's another reason why they should be just promoting the shit out of this is that it feels like it's been forever since we've had a race. And like we sit down to t like record this podcast and I was kind of like, what are we going to talk, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, when I'm trying to plan this out, it's like, what are we going to talk about? Like, they're not doing enough to keep these storylines in front of mind. 
yeah. for everyone else watching the series well, over the course of the year. I mean, the biggest, what was the biggest news coming out of the last couple of weeks? Hello? Hello. Um, um, Erickson. Erickson. Yeah. Which, yeah, we'll, we'll get to all that, but yeah, Jack Harvey, I like, I mean, there's been some good driver movement and driver drama, but like, that's a, again, that doesn't really do anything for you if you're not already invested in the series. Mm-hmm. Like, if, like, do you care that, I don't know, that Bubba Wallace went to, or Tyler Reddick went to 23XI racing this year in NASCAR from Richard Childress Racing? Does that mean anything to you? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> So who cares? Who cares if Marcus Erickson is going from Chip Ganassi to Andretti Autosport? It means nothing if you if you aren't familiar with it. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to go on this this hey, tangent tonight. It's all right. We're trying to keep it tight. We're trying. Yeah. To, so trying Alex Polo. <laughs> Alex Polo does. Yeah. Okay. We'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> does he clinch? Um. Well, what does he need to clinch? Is there an actual so need? if the magic number is 108, so the max 108 points, the okay. the max number of points any driver can get over the course of a weekend is 54 points, mm-hmm. which I guess it would be less than 108 points because the the fewest points you can get over two weeks, unless you like aren't unless you don't start, is five points. So. I don't know. You're the accountant. <laughs> I'm the accountant. I'm not good at math. Um, so 108 minus 10, 98. Mm-hmm. So that would be the magic number, right? Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, well, so, yeah. Can he get that difference? Um, well, the gap to Scott Dixon right now is 101 points, and then 105 points to Joseph Newgarden in third. Yeah. So... Um, I mean, it, the, the gap between first and second is 10 points. So if Joseph Newgarden or Scott Dixon win, then I guess I suppose you get bonus points for leading a lap and pole and most laps and stuff. So it could he, I, yeah, I feel like he doesn't clinch. I feel like he gets, he gets real close, but, um, like, I feel like he's like, he's still going to get a top 10 finish. Um, We'll see. That that I'm not, not not spoiling anything yet, but we'll see <laughs> for a little further, a little later in the show. Not spoiling anything. Okay, okay. I, um, yeah, I don't think he clinches. I don't think he wins this weekend. There's no way. Um, yeah. I. I mean, it's it's inevitable. I don't think. I think no, it's almost he, a lock that he clinches in Portland. Mm-hmm. But, um. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he gets it done this week. It's crazy to me that he essentially just went on a real hot streak in the middle of the season, early in the season, and that's all he needed to do. <laughs> well, I mean... And and he's been consistently... His worst finish is eighth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, into, like, anyone considered the entire season a, a hot streak outside of Alex Pillow. Like... <laughs> Eighth, third, third, seventh. Those are his last four results, and that's like, yeah. Well, what's the matter, dude? <laughs> like he cooled off. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you you really got to wonder if 
things play out differently at the 500 if Rena's VK doesn't ruin Alex Plow races. Alex Plow's yes. race along with his own. Well, I texted you when I was watching the 21 race, and I was like, Rena's VK just pit maneuvered Alex Plow. <laughs> and it's because I, they interviewed VK after, or they interviewed Plow after. Uh, and uh, Dixon kind of tried to make a move. And I think mm-hmm. he he did make a move, but VK just didn't want to hit the brake or let off the gas enough or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of caused him. He kind of ran to the back of Dixon, and then he just kind of glided over and took out Polo, like a <laughs> like when yeah. like in a movie when you see like a like a World War Two movie, you see a, a fighter plane take down another fighter plane by falling into it. Kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I was saying, I was telling you this earlier. I have no recollection of this race. I definitely watched it. I cannot tell you anything that happened other than Joseph Newgarden won. So I'm, I'm learning something here. Well, Newgarden, I, I didn't realize at the 500. I didn't realize VK had a had a history. Yeah, he's got a history. Just ruining Polo, and Polo is <laughs> in like a championship contending like position at that point. Yeah. Well, so he was pissed when he got up. First time I've seen. I, some some fire person. I can imagine. Yeah, you think it's a Spaniard. Aren't they like notoriously that's isn't dude? That, isn't that the stereotype? That's that what uh fiery? Checo Checo said uh he's doesn't want to go he's gonna have to go no. No, not Checo. Carlos Sainz said he has to go full Latino mode. <laughs> <laughs> um oh. which he did not end up doing in my opinion. But that's a whole that's an F one story. Um well so we'll yeah. see we'll see if Pla has uh has some fire can avoid uh the seeking missile that is Rina's VK. <laughs> yeah hopefully that would be bad three times and three times in three what is it two years three years i guess two, it would be two three years two two if you two. count 20 21 22 Oh yeah, and this is twenty three. I forget what year it is. A lot. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Just part of life. But, yeah. Well, so the other big Alex Blow news is that he's getting sued for thirty million dollars. Not to bury the lead here at all, but do you think that <laughs> like affects him the rest of the season? Do you think that is like weighing on him? That holy shit, I might owe Aaron McLaren thirty million dollars. Um. It depends on who his lawyer is and how good they are. <laughs> well, the thing is, McLaren was paying for his lawyer last year, <laughs> so he doesn't have the same lawyer. Um, I think that would affect anyone, um, and that would give him an extra motivation to go out and win some cash. Um, sure. But, like, I is is he going to end up paying McLaren twenty million or thirty million? I don't, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Either. If anything, they'll settle out of court for some undisclosed fee that's probably more like a couple million or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it definitely feels like they're like, you know, they're getting that first offer out there, just that totally out of left field number to kind of work it back to the classic negotiating tactic. Um, But yeah, I feel like they get like his salary back, whatever they paid him and I can't imagine they'd get thirty million dollars out of them. However, I do have to say, on another a golf podcast I listened to, that one of the one of the guys on there frequently says 
you know, if you owe the bank a thousand dollars, the bank owns you. If you owe the bank a million dollars, you own the bank. So <laughs> maybe he's like cool as a cucumber right now. Maybe he like his is not weighing on him at all. There's know? a lot of truth to that. As someone yeah. who deals with banks on a daily basis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe he is cool as a cucumber. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, the thing that's interesting about it is, and I don't know if you read, um, Nathan Brown had a report about this. It's his reported 30 million, I should say. Um, I don't think it's like officially on the books yet that it's that much. Somewhere between 20 and 30 million is the reported number. Um, And part of that, how they got to that number is that like they paid a ton of money for development for Alex Pillow in terms of like his F1 tests and like, running and practice at, at the u.s grand prix last year that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i i saw some people speculating that maybe it has to do with like sponsorships that they signed some sponsors that it was contingent on Pillow driving for them next year and now that he's not there the sponsors have backed out whatever um but i did see some people saying like so it's a really bad precedent to make drivers accountable for the development costs and like that a team could potentially recoup some of that cost if a driver were to sign with another team. Um, I was just curious what you think about that because I kind of have had an initial reaction, but I want to hear what you have to say first. Uh, I do think it sets a bad precedent. Uh, Like the way that that case is handled could establish uh, a bad precedent right like if someone can point to that case and say hey this is what you ruled in this case and we can go after you for development um yeah granted i don't think this stuff is happening all that often in indycar right no um, no definitely not <laughs> uh but like arrow mclaren made those decisions like they're kind of courting him with those decisions right so well, I'll, I have an answer to that, but if there's anything else, say that first. Yeah, I mean, if they're courting him, then, like, they shouldn't be able to go and get him get him for development costs. I, I, it does seem a little ridiculous, uh, especially when you're, like, it, it, I don't know how all this works out, but I imagine he's just like a contract employee, like any of other, <laughs> any of us, like, in the eyes of the law. Um yeah. Like he, I don't think he should be on the hook for that stuff. Uh, just like I don't think a a graphic designer should be on the hook for like, <laughs> you know, like some weird tools that they gave him or her. Yeah, we paid for Adobe Illustrator yeah. to pay us, but yeah, yeah. Like, I I don't think it it seems a little weird. Uh, if they I, were to rule in their favor, I uh, so I understand what you're saying, and I I get the concern for that my thing is like it's not like they develop they spend all this money develop developing him and then like assumed he would sign a contract to run indycar and he didn't sign the contract and went somewhere else he signed the contract (laughs) you know what i mean yeah he did like it's a and again i'm not a lawyer i 
you're not a lawyer. We should make that very clear. Yeah. Neither of us have any law experience whatsoever. Um, I went to traffic court. So <laughs> I have not been to traffic court. Kind of so similar. I, yeah. I have even less experience than you. But like he signed a contract. It's not like he's some innocent bystander in this. He signed a contract, supposedly. And Errol McLaren was fulfilling their side of the contract, their obligations. It, it, as I understand it. And Alex Pillow decided, no, I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? Like there's some, there has to be some repercussions, repercussions for your actions. Probably. You know I mean? Like, yeah. And also it's, it's not like he's some innocent bystander. If the, he got this thing just happened to him, if he, got, he like, made the active decision to not follow through on his end of the contract. If he got like actual tangible experience from the development, that led to his like great year and success at Ganassi, then I think, uh, yeah, then they should like, if they can make that argument, like, Hey, we put, we gave him, you know, not many people get to ride in a formula one car. We gave him yeah. this opportunity, even if it's just for track time. Um, like, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think there is an argument there. Um, but I, it, it does worry me that, uh, that they, you know, they could overstep their bounds in other areas. Like, I think he is guilty in this case for sure. I don't mm-hmm. think anyone's arguing that. But like, what does that mean for other drivers? But like, and should we even be worried about that? Because this I, I don't still think we should be weird. Like, this seems like a weird one-off. Well, my yeah, my point is that like, it's not a situation where they're like trying to recoup the costs for potential payout on a potential contract or a potential opportunity. You know what I mean? Like it was a signed legally binding contract. And I I, I think athletes kind of get a raw deal sometimes. Like they sign a contract and situations change and they can't get out of it. I mean, I, I feel the same way about college athletes that, you know, commit to some school and then the coach leaves and they're stuck and they can't transfer or whatever, or they have to sit out a year, that kind of stuff. Like, I do think there is something to be said about athletes getting stuck in shitty situations and not being able to do anything about it because there's no way to like buy out a contract or anything. But like, if you sign the contract and this is like my most boomer quality, <laughs> I think is that like if you sign the contract, you should follow through on your end of the contract. And yeah. if you're not going to, then you need to make that person whole. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, and that's what this is in this instance. Well, in my well, opinion, Paul screwed himself because he. I I just don't think he understood his contract with Chip Ganassi, um, which is the yeah probably the root, the root of this, which is why he got rid of the management he had. Um, yeah, and there, who knows what termination agreement existed there or whatnot. Yeah. Uh, or if like, I don't, I don't know how he got out of that or, or why he didn't get out of it sooner is really my yeah. question. Um, so yeah, if anything, if below has to pay, I think he should be able to go back to, to his old management company and try and make them pay. What um, McLaren should have done is just paid Chip Ganassi to have him, him this year. Ultimately, yeah. I think that would have been the cheaper option for them. <laughs> how how everything played out, I think that would have been the way to go. Zach Brown's gonna die on this hill, though. 
Well, hey, you know what? Sometimes it's about principle. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> All right, that's not super gateway related, but we well, had to talk. Well, what what else is happening on the track this week? Um, I mean, Connor Daly is back, which again, filling in for another team, um, filling in for Jack Harvey, who is he kaput? He's done. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's he got bounced. He's no longer with Ray Hall Letterman Lane again. Um, no longer in the 30 car, which is a bummer. Um, it happened like right after we recorded <laughs> last <laughs> week. So we didn't catch it in last week's episode. Um, but yeah, so Connor Daly's back in. It'll be interesting to see how he does in kind of a granted Ray Hall Letterman doesn't have the best oval package. Um, but hopefully, I mean, Connor Daly's been good at Gateway, good at Gateway. He's good on ovals generally. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he kind of helps shake the team up a little bit in terms of their oval package. Yeah. Um, yeah, if he's helping out with the oval package, that, that makes sense. Connor Daly, I, I said this before, I don't think he belongs in, in a car. Um, but maybe on an oval where you don't want to just like throw a rookie in there. Yeah. Uh, like someone who's never driven on an oval or with limited <laughs> oval experience. Like, yeah, I can understand why you, you, you plot him in. Yeah. Well, I mean, Marshall Pruitt did write in one of his stories this week. I can't remember which one exactly. Um, that Connor Daly is not under consideration for taking over okay. that seat okay. full time well, next year. It seems like it's a very deliberate choice to have him in the car this week. Um, and kind of, kind of how, Ed Carpenter kicked Connor Daly to the curb to get Ryan Hunter Ray in the car and see if he could, you know, diagnose some problems. I feel like that might be what they're trying to do with Connor Daly here. So, yeah, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping he does help him out. He gives them kind of the boost they need. And I mean, I know you don't think Connor Daly, like you just said, belongs in IndyCar. I think there could be a place for him. I think he could find a spot and, you know, He's not going to be consistently competing for wins and podiums, but I mean, he's still fairly young. He's in his late twenties and maybe he just turned 30 or something. Right I want to, I want to rephrase this. He will never be competing for wins. <laughs> All right. And well, sometimes yeah. maybe competing for podiums at best. That that is just with how much he has raced. I feel like statistically he'd have to really do something to change things, uh, you know. And I don't know Connor Daly's whole history, but like the numbers are there. Like I feel well, like he's been. We gave it a good shot, you know. The thing is, he's never had a ride with a top team. He he spent so much time riding around with Dale Coyne and. AJ Foyt and Ed Carpenter that like he just hasn't you know he hasn't had a good opportunity to really like show what he has and his one podium I'm pretty sure I guess maybe that was with Dale Coyne but um he's filled in a bunch for different teams over the years and so he's kind of just been like thrown in shitty situations a lot and like he's he's done all right. He he ran with Andretti at Indy one year and finished in the top ten. He ran a handful of oval races for Carlin and did super well back in twenty twenty. So like, I think he has something in there. <laughs> it's just 
he just hasn't had a good opportunity. And, and like Ed Carpenter it, racing hasn't been, you know, hasn't exactly been competitive the last couple of years, which maybe part of it is his fault, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, I, I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. But I, as someone who's, it just feels like you're, you know, you're driving up a hill the whole time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and maybe, maybe you'll get over to the other side, but, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, okay. I, I guess I'll give him a shot. I'm still, I'm, I'm a newbie in this. So if any Connor Daly fans are out there, you know, Matt, that's totally fine. There's a lot of them. There's um, a lot of Connor Daly fans out there. You'd be surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised there's any, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, in terms of like public persona, especially being an Indianapolis native. Well, yeah, I he's, you know, he's got some fans. And like, he, you know, he's gotten his name out there a little bit. He was he's, he was buddies with Pat McAfee for a while, I think. OK, Um, like I think back when Pat McAfee was still with Barstool. Yeah, they sponsored Connor Daly's car at the 500 one year. Or something. I, I that might be totally inaccurate, but I, I knowing you, I feel like uh, there's a kernel of truth in there somewhere. Yeah, I, I very vividly remember Pat McAfee being at the Indy 500 with Connor Daly. <laughs> <laughs> well, but. I I wish him the best of luck, um, and I hope he proves me wrong. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he proves you wrong too. I hope he has a great weekend. Yeah. Yeah, and well, I hope he has a great weekend for Ray Holaterman Landon. So yeah, yeah, he's your te- he's he's not my team, team guy now, Tyler. You got to be rooting for him. I'll root for him, but like, I don't want him around for like I don't want him to do too well. <laughs> <laughs> fair, I guess that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> the next guy that that we got to talk about here is someone I'm very excited about, and someone who I would want to see in. A Ray Hall Letterman land against seat at some point, to be honest. And that's Linus Linkus. Linus? Linus? Linus. 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 <laughs> I'm never going to say it right. Um, so, yeah, he's filling in with uh, Pagano. Um, I'm surprised that. For Pagano. For Pagano. <laughs> what did I say? You said with Pagano. <laughs> yeah, they're both in the car. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm just really curious if Pagano is coming back before the end of the season at this point. I I feel like at this point, it's probably better for him to just sit the rest of the year out. I think, like, clearly there's something long-term going on. Um, And yeah, at this point, like, what's the point of bringing him back for one race at the end of the year? Like, yeah. is, that's not going to... That's not going to make or break their season for Meyer Shank. Unless it's a send off like Sayonara Pagano. Um, but I think they would be making a bigger deal about that. Well, yeah. And I also feel like that if it's bad enough that he needs to retire. Yeah. <laughs> like he probably shouldn't be getting in the car for like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. if it's that bad, he should just be done. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be, I think he's done for the year. It'll be interesting to see if he gets that ride back next year with with Tom Blomquist already signed. Elio's going to part time, I think, or Indy 500 only. Mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm not sure who 
I mean, there's a couple names like Felix Rosenquist, I think is a name that's been floated a time or two by various writers out there. One of Meyer Shank's other, I think his name's Colin Braun. Um, one of their other sports car guys, his name's been thrown out there. I don't know if Jack Harvey would be in the mix. He left Meyer Shank for Ray Hall Letterman and was kind of helping him get moving in the right direction. He had a podium with him. That's huge for Meyer Shank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then you, you've got like David Malukas and Devlin and I mean, Romain Grosjean seemingly does not have a ride at Andretti anymore. There's some guys out there that, you know, could kind of be dark horses for that seat. So, yeah, I don't know. And I'm not sure like who. If if he can't drive for them next year, I'm not sure if Simon would. I don't know if there's anyone worth taking a seat with. Yeah, because I mean, it's not going to get better. I don't think. Probably not. I mean, I like Pagano. Um, I'd like to see him race some more. No, I mean, you never want to see anyone go out like that. No. Like it's just an unfortunate situation all around. Yeah. And so I am very excited to see Linus in that car, though, and to see him drive. Uh, I, I like I'll go into that a little bit more because spoiler alert, he's our driver spotlight for later on in the show. And I'll go into that. That's a good one. Yeah, be good. I'm. I, I don't. Admittedly, don't know a lot about him, so I'm. I'm curious as to what. I don't think anyone what does. You dug up. So yeah. I went deep on this one. I talked to my buddies <laughs> at the agencies with the acronyms. Wow. Um, yeah. Called called up some friends. That's impressive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I I think he's I he's proved himself in two weeks. I think is a worthy candidate for a full time ride. I think um, so. So, yeah, I'm excited to see how he does on an oval. Um, I mean, he does have experience here in Indy Lights. Now, Indy Next. It's going to take me like five years to remember to call it Indy Next. And then when I I finally remember, they're going to change it back to Indy Lights. I guarantee it. I never, I've never, I've never been in the era of Indy Lights, to be honest, as a fan. And I call it Indy Lights when I'm like <laughs> looking stuff up. <laughs> well, um, Indy Lights for like t- 25 years. Indy Lights also just sounds cool. Yes, like, it sounds way better. Yeah, like Indy Lights. What's that? Oh, <laughs> it's minor. <laughs> it's the farm system, baby. Um. So yeah, yeah. So he's got experience here. So like, it's it's not like you're just dropping a totally fresh rookie into the seat and you know slap on the ass go get him kid kind of thing yeah like he's and like i said he's kind of he's proven himself the last couple of weeks i think so much so. so that he might have a full-time ride already lined up which we yeah can get to more a little bit too okay well yeah. I, I was pretty impressed with him so far so if you if you th- i i think grosjean's sweeping that what I think Grosjean is sweeping the ovals. I think he's winning this week. Grosjean? No. So, whoa. Sorry. 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 Are you having a stroke? I could be. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I was. That was. Yeah. That's I think new turning Tyler. New Garden. Sorry, Joseph New Garden is sweeping the ovals and winning this week. What do you What do you think of that? I mean, we've already talked about it a little bit, yeah. but I well, is that I don't, is that one of those easy picks again? 
Like, I, I shouldn't well, be allowed to do that for my predictions. Well, no, because, I mean, it's... I don't know. It does feel a little cheap, because it, it's like pick and chalk. It makes sense. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's not as it's not so much fun. <laughs> well, it will be fun when it happens pick. for me. <laughs> yeah, I'll... but will it? Will it? <laughs> yeah, it will. It'll make it even better. I'll be like, hey, I called it. If yeah. your two to one bet hits, is it really that cool? Yeah. <laughs> well, if 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 you don't think if if you don't think that I'm allowed to do that, who do you think is gonna win? I'm I I still I mean I still have to let it ride. I'm picking Colton Hurd again. I'm picking him until he wins. <laughs> I mean, so. I and you know who wins. Uh, that I, would be upsetting to me. Colton Hurd I, won. I I don't think he's going to win this week. I'm picking him anyway, just in case. And I will feel way better about my pick than you will. Oh yeah, about that, yours uh, if it if it if it plays out. I. I you, not There's something there. to be said for picking the long shot. Not that Colton Hurd is a massive underdog, but still. Yeah. But, I mean, he still hasn't, you know, he's got to show up. So it, it's still an underdog in my opinion. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, they haven't really factored in too much. He was like kind of hovered around the edge of the top 10 at Iowa, I think, if I'm remembering right. So, mm-hmm. you know. There might be something there, but I know I know he was fast at the test at Iowa. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's basically the field against Joseph Newgarden. Yeah. Or the if if you want to stretch it a little bit, it's the field against Team Penske. <laughs> yeah, that's, there you go. That's kind of even better the setup for this weekend. But my my other prediction for this weekend is an Alex Pillow DNF, and we're gonna get the the championship race is gonna like suddenly be kind of in play again next another week, and then arenas vk very deflating <laughs> yeah who knows maybe missile maybe arenas can come through for all of us and make <laughs> things make things interesting for these last couple weeks if that happens i will lose my mind um <laughs> that would be so funny i i can't if, if that happens i can't i can't wait for that that would be so much fun i think um, i think alex Pillow would murder Rena's vk his head would and, explode yeah. and his 30 million dollar lawsuit would be the least of his legal issues yeah, yeah he would he'd probably like i don't know he he would do some real dirty stuff he's gonna um, slash the ed carpenter hauler tires <laughs> on the way out good luck getting to the next one <laughs> yeah you're not making it to portland <laughs> you know what i i it's coming i i understand where my stroke happened now um and I'm going to say something a little controversial here, especially considering all the smack I've talked about this guy. Mm-hmm. But I do think Romain Grosjean gets a podium here. That's a wild pick. I think it for, is. Like multiple, for, for multiple reasons. <laughs> uh, well, really provocative. I was watching the 21 race, as I said, and uh, he was. it was his first oval, mm-hmm. and he was performing pretty well. Granted, he had a much, it seems like he had a much different season. <laughs> different car uh that that powerhouse dale coin number 51 car as we all know and love it um so you know i I feel like he just because this is what he does i think i think he just gives you enough to where you're like oh wait that there's still something there there's still reel you back in yeah 
Um, so yeah, I could see him performing. Uh, and it's just out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, I, I identify with that. I feel like that's that's my calling card. This is giving you just enough to make you think there might be something here <laughs> when there's really nothing at all. There's nothing going on. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no grand plan. There's just no... little sparks every every <laughs> once in a while. Something that makes you wonder. It's, like, oh, it's not too gives bad. You, it gives you a little hope. Not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. So I and I really I legitimately want that to happen. As much as I do not like Romain Grosjean, I want him to get the podium. Um, that would, that would be. Just almost, <laughs> just like, like almost a little cruel for him <laughs> after after the year he had, which I don't I can't remember who this maybe it was Nathan Brown, but apparently they had a contract sent to Andretti like Grosjean and his team had a full contract and they like couldn't finalize on they couldn't settle on terms, and this was after. It was probably before the 500. So he, you know, he was having a good, had a good first couple months of the season, as we all remember, and then totally shit the bed. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then once, well, once things started to go downhill, that contract evaporated. So it was <laughs> like we were, he was that close to coming back to Andretti and it just vanished. Well, if he's been there before, he can get there again. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> uh, I think it's too late at this point. He'll he'll he's going to enjoy his um his sports car ride with Lamborghini for sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, who would? <laughs> who would? <laughs> but I, who knows? Maybe maybe someone else will snatch him up. I, yeah. I can't expect him. I don't expect him to take like a ride with a smaller team. No, I don't I think don't know who that really benefits. He but... still has a big name. He could still go somewhere else and probably yeah. get more money. Yeah. Um, well, does that wrap up our Bomberito? Uh, what, Bomberito? what do you think about this being the last oval already? I mean, are you kind of bummed that we're, I mean, it's only five over the course of the year? Um, yeah, yeah, I, you know, I could do with probably a couple more. Um, yeah, probably two more, three more. Uh, yeah, I am a little bummed. And, you know, the track looks cool. Uh, I would like to see different settings for the ovals, <laughs> right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, I would I would like for two of them to not be, like, one at Iowa is good for me. I don't need the double header, to yeah. be honest. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it does feel a little, a little sad that it's the end of it. But mm-hmm. uh, I, I've been converted to an oval fan. Um, and I understand them now. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you like about gateway? Uh, like it, it seems cool. I mean, it's cool to have just another, it's another oval, you know, it's but just not it's particularly stood out to me over the years. Well, I guess the race I was watching was a night race. Um, yeah. So that adds something to it. Uh, especially... I do wish they would go back to night race here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I like the lights. Um, yeah, honestly, I think a lot of it was a night race. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was. I I like the angles they had for the camera too. Yeah, like it felt it felt like they were different. Like I could see more of the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
than I could at Iowa. Uh, like mm-hmm. Iowa, it felt very like just the front of the pack, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was like they had certain shots where it was like you see the front of the pack, and then mm-hmm. you see the middle, and then it cuts. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there is. I like these good. Like, I like that it's longer you know it's like a it's an intermediate oval it's not you know big super speedway not mile and a half or longer Mm -hmm. um but it's not like iowa sometimes is too short too small yeah yeah um this is a good medium that's why we need the milers back we need milwaukee mile back for sure yeah i think that's Um, what it is it is the length you know yeah yeah it's like a good good medium yeah like a lap doesn't feel like like a split second yeah <laughs> you need to bring new hampshire back too then, then that's yeah you probably didn't even know there's a track there but nope <laughs> but like I, that, dude sign me up there's nothing going on in new hampshire <laughs> i i've never been i can't imagine there's a whole lot else going on up there no nah, I, I don't think so you know, a lot of hunting just... and fishing and hiking yeah. i think that's about it and i probably some celebrities with rich houses out there I'm sure, yeah. Um, it feels more like old money, though. Like yeah. people you've never heard of. Oh, yeah. You just states out there. I'm sure. Um, one one last question on Bomberito. Mm-hmm. What is Bomberito? Um, it's like a dealership group. Oh. I think it's like local to St. Louis. Oh, that's but cool. I think it's pretty big. I think yeah. It's, you know. it's got to be decently big. I just, it's a great name. Um, it is. Even I, if it's I, the last name. I'm sorry if that's offensive. Um, it's just like it rolls <laughs> off the tongue. No, um, I think it's a good name too. I it feels like I think in terms of size, it's similar to like Bob Orman or like oh yeah yeah Bob you know, like Orman exactly. <laughs> Rip R I P. Yeah, a legend in the Midwest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Did you know the football field at Purdue is called Bob Orman Field? No, but that's hilarious. Yeah. He donated a ton of money, so they need to feel that. Maybe maybe it's not Bob. It's definitely Roarman Field, but it's, Roman, it's named yeah. after him. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's pretty sweet. Um, are you ready? You ready to get educated on Linus Lundquist? I have never been more ready to learn about Linus Lundquist. All right. Well, I sat down, <laughs> I scoured the internet, I found out what I could. Um, because he is a new driver and. Uh, to be honest, I was I was pretty impressed with him. I think I was more impressed with him than I was Marcus Armstrong. Um, wow. Yeah, and I don't know if that's just because I, I, you know, I found better info or what. Mm-hmm. But uh, Linus, uh, he I, he called himself Mister Perfect at least once in an Instagram post. So uh, that's telling. Uh, that's... I don't I don't know if he called himself that or if someone gave it to him or not. But yeah, he's he's another Swede. Uh, Born March 26, 1999. So he's a ripe 24. Terrifying. Comes in at 5'10, 154 pounds. So he's probably, you know, that's the back of the baseball card. So he's probably like 5'8. 5'10 is pretty big for a race car driver. Yeah. And he kind of looks like it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. He kind of looks, uh, his build is kind of, I would say it's similar to, uh, he looks a little shorter than uh, uh, Joseph Newgarden, but mm-hmm. he's definitely like, that dude's got some muscles in his legs. <laughs> he looks he looks stocky. Yeah. In the few times I've seen him. Yeah, he looks yeah. buzz hair. Um always. Yeah. And he, he looks tough to push over. Yes. 
yeah, yeah. like he's he's got some core <laughs> uh, doing a lot of planks um and you know i don't want to rule him out but he's only 516 points behind below right now so hey you know nothing's impossible <laughs> um if if you're looking for like the casual stuff, you know, his interests, he's into martial arts. He's got some like Swedish Taekwondo videos on his Instagram. Um, Swedish Taekwondo? What? I mean, it, he's just doing Taekwondo in Sweden. Oh. And like it says, there's like a guy with a, you know, with, like a jacket and it says like Sweden Taekwondo. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a sub genre. Maybe it is. Taekwondo. I, I'm not very educated on this. Um, So maybe it is. Uh, If you're one of our Swedish listeners and you, teach taekwondo call <laughs> call in we'll get you on the show easy 16 um, street pod at gmail.com let us yeah. know uh yeah he's you know dedicated to his girlfriend dedicated to sweden he's super proud of his nationality uh big mac miller fan from what i can tell and uh he's got a lot of like weird he's got like sponsors already for like random little things um interesting and like his own website which is kind of cool um and yeah, sushi. He likes sushi sandwiches, uh, and he can make chicken fried rice, according to him. Uh, That's what? it. Uh, in terms of food, <laughs> That's all yeah, he can make. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say that these drivers aren't cooking that often. Um, judging by the tacos sure. that uh, Scotty Mac uh, was cooking up for his family. <laughs> That's right. That looked like. That looked like Philly cheese steak. Yeah. I'm going to say that they're not grilling out that often. Uh, yeah. He, and he, he wants to meet Dave Chappelle. I don't know where that comes from. That seems a little weird. Is Dave Chappelle like an internationally known comedian? He's, oh, well, Dave Chappelle's like one of the, I mean, I know he's like legend. very famous, but, um, he seems like his material seems very American. I don't know. It does. Like, I feel like it would, it wouldn't, translate well outside the u.s let alone into swedish agreed <laughs> yeah I, it's why i think it's a little weird that he's like hardcore dave chappelle well, um i guess he's he's got a good sense of humor though I, referring to the old stuff yeah but like we're not waiting into the new, if new if we dave called him up and we're like hey do you like neil brennan would he know i don't know i don't know that's he's a good like, question yeah he goes in um his hero is kenny kenny brock brack brack 1999 um, indy 500 winner yeah and that's my boy i love he, kenny brack he still holds the record for what most g's experience in a crash kenny brack yeah i, I don't know if that's true or not but that's what i got I, out it's I certainly he's in the conversation have you seen <laughs> that crash did you i haven't i didn't watch the crash which is so weird you know um that i didn't because I, I saw the stat I mean, he probably should have died. <laughs> well, yeah, like, it sounds like it. <laughs> it was very, it was a very, very bad wreck. Yeah, two thousand three uh, at, at Texas, actually. I'll watch it after. Um, after it's a tough one to watch. To to be totally honest. Yeah. I mean, it, it, now knowing that he lived, it's a little easier to watch. Yeah, for sure. It's um, it's huge. It's a massive crash. Well, Kenny Brack is also Swedish, right? So I imagine that's why. Yeah. Um, that's the connection there. So how did he get here? Um, started karting in 2007, ended in 2014. Uh, and then he got his first formula race in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there, uh, which was in like this Nordic formula series. 
you know, getting 10 wins uh, from there. He got a ride with Raikkonen Roberts. Um, so Kimi Raikkonen's team. Wow. Yeah, uh, oh, that's pretty cool. And uh, so he got that ride in British Formula 4, Formula 3 in 2017, 2018. Uh, and he uh, he won the British Formula 3 2018 championship. And then he came over for the 2019 Formula Regionals Americas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Am I saying that right? I don't know what that is. I think I'm so. assuming it's like... That's all like on the newer side. Yeah. So I'm I'm not super well versed in that, but it sounds right. But he won 16 out of 18 races there. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of not like in any sport. If you do yeah, that. can you like, imagine someone going sixteen for eighteen at the plate? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> just kind of nuts. That's like Daniel Murphy against the twenty fifteen Chicago Cubs. Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> that's that's impressive. Yeah. So then he makes the jump to Indy Lights. You know, he has thirty four Indy Lights starts, uh, and from that he has eight wins, twenty podiums, and ten poles. Uh, that's pretty good. And he won the twenty twenty two championship. So. That is why I'm excited about this guy coming up, and that is why I want him on Ray Waterman Lanigan. Um, he he does have a good. Well, hate to break it to you, but to not to swoop into our silly season discussion mm-hmm. quickly, which we, we yeah we can pause for a second. But I mean that's genuinely an impressive resume. Like yeah, I'm I didn't know much about him. Admittedly, I for whatever reason, haven't like done a lot of background research. Oh, he's fresh. We have done now. He's been yeah. here for like a month or so. Yeah, but you kind of like hear about some guys coming up and like, you know, get familiar with them. Yeah. And, and Carpenter, when he was coming up, it was like, this is Tony George's stepson and he goes to Butler and like everyone knew yeah. stuff about him before he, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. And in Indy Lights, he was on a scholarship too with David Mookus's dad. Well, yeah. So when you win, yeah. Um, so it's I can't. They keep changing the damn names. I think it's (laughs) I I gotta look. It used to be USF two thousand. Well, so it so there's it is still USF two thousand. Um, and then it used to be Pro Mazda, and then it was like I can't remember when it was after that. Um, but now it's the USF Pro two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, when you win, you get a scholarship. When you win the championship, you get a scholarship to move up to the next one. So when you when you win USF two thousand, you get a scholarship to move up to USF Pro. And so that like he used the money with Henry Malukas's team, but okay. it wasn't like Henry Malukas giving him the money. Yeah, yeah. If that wasn't clear, no, that makes sense to me. Um. And that's why I'm excited about Linus Lundqvist, and I think he deserves a spot. Um, hopefully with Ray Hall Ironman land again. Um, well, uh, hate to burst your bubble. I, I do think, I mean, he he is getting a ride, probably. I think he's proved himself, and I think he's attracted enough attention. Marshall, Marshall Pruitt, I think it was last week, claims that he's kind of one of the favorites for a seat at Ganassi. So he'll get your, he'll get a ride. He'll get, that's a good ride. Uh, but as we've seen, he's probably taken over for Marcus Erickson. So yeah. Swap wow. once, swap one Sweden for another. Yeah. 
Uh, well, maybe we get the, a different Swede in it, Rahul Ironman Lanigan. <laughs> it sounds like that's probably pretty likely. <laughs> Seems like he might be the favorite to, so, to be moving over there. But so yeah, today was it today. Erickson to Andretti was confirmed. Um, um, I think it was yesterday. Okay, well, that's exciting news. I think I think it's really good for Andretti, uh, mm-hmm. because Marcus Erickson is just he's a damn good driver. Um, yeah. So I hope it's a good move for Marcus. And uh, is it is is he getting paid? Yeah, okay. yeah, he's he's getting paid to drive. Um, That's good. Autosport, which seemed to be like the thing he wanted most. Mm-hmm. Um, which yeah, good for him. I mean, it's definitely an upgrade for Andretti Autosport for sure over Devlin and Grosjean. Yeah. Either way you look at it, it's an upgrade. Um. I'm not totally certain that it's an upgrade for Marcus Erickson in terms of the quality of the ride. That's what I, <laughs> that's why I was wondering. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's closer. I would say it's closer to a lateral move than it is a downgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, Because yeah, he's been super consistent and he's been in the title conversation. He hasn't been a serious title threat. These last couple of years with Ganassi, um, so I feel like if he keeps up the consistency, it'll be pretty similar. Like he'll be in the conversation, but he won't be a serious threat unless he, whatever. If something gels really well with Kyle Kirkwood and Colton Herta, this is a weird reference, but that scene in Ratatouille when he like. <laughs> when he like gives his the brother the the big rat gives him the different foods and then he has him take a bite together and it like you know all the colors like meld and gel yeah. really well you know and like if if it, that happens <laughs> if kyle kirkwood is the cracker or piece of cheese and and colton hurt is the grape and marcus erickson is a french rat <laughs> then I think maybe something good will happen, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It feels like a lateral move. I mean, good for him to get paid. If that's I, what he wanted. He got what he wanted. Yeah. I think it, if, if the goal was to get paid, I think he's doing all right, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's not like the worst drive in the world. No, uh, but I, I do think it's a downgrade. I think Ganassi's Ganassi's proving to be a really good team. So, yeah. I mean, it, at this point, I would take Andretti over a ride at Andretti over a ride at McLaren. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So, McLaren hasn't figured figured it out. Yeah. Um I mean it's it's close and I, I don't think it would take much for it to even out or for McLaren to surpass Andretti. Mm-hmm. If everything stayed the same for Andretti, but yeah, for right now that's that's where I'd pick over the two. Yeah. Um, and those were probably the two best options for him. So, yeah. Well, if I, mean, I was going to say if Linus comes in and he he rakes for Ganassi next year, uh, I will be a little mad because I'd rather him be raking for Ray Hall <laughs> or Merlin. Yeah, I mean, Ganassi's kind of got a scary lineup next year if that if that happens. Yes, I mean, and that that is the thing for for Erickson. Like, he wasn't going to. Like he was always going to be third in line. Like mm-hmm. 
Scott Dixon is Scott Dixon. He's been at Ganassi for 20 years. <laughs> like he's been there almost as long as Chip Ganassi has been there. <laughs> um, you're never going to overtake Scott Dixon until Scott Dixon decides he doesn't want to race full time anymore. He will be there and you're never going to overtake him in terms of hierarchy. You know yeah. what I mean? No. He... And um, Alex Pillow is too good. Like he's better than Mark Saracen. Sorry to sorry to say it so bluntly, but he is, and Erickson is not going to surpass Pillow in the pecking order either. So, I mean, a, a chance to be one paid and two be a little more um, competitive in the overall structure of the team. I think that's overall a win for him. Yeah, yeah. No. Um... So that's a very good point. Like Erickson moving, he's going to have more sway at Andretti. Um, I think he's also going to have a lot more responsibility and the resources at Andretti, they're going to be leaning more on him yeah. than he is on them, which may not be the case at Ganassi. No, definitely um, not. So, uh, yeah, I think maybe he'll be like excited for the responsibilities. Yeah. Well, yeah, he he could very well be the top dog there. If yeah, if he performs like he has the last couple of years, if he's a threat at Indy, if he's winning a race or two every year, I mean, it's hard to ask for much more than that from any driver on any given year. It's it's hard to beat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it'll be interesting for Ganassi too. I mean, there was no way to. Like when you have the two best free agents, you're gonna lose one of them. Yeah, and if if you have the best two, there's no one out there that's gonna be better, like better <laughs> option for you. So, I mean, hopefully, Linus is that guy for them. I don't know. I kind of hope he isn't. Almost just because I don't want Canassi to be that dominant, especially if Marcus Erickson comes on full time because he seems like he's got, you know, he's got something about them too that they yeah could, you know they could have four serious threats to win races every week next year which can't say that very often about any team no but it doesn't seem like it um and then yeah the other move was jack harvey which we talked about earlier but you know i i think we owe it to ourselves to take the time to say thank god jack harvey is not racing um <laughs> <laughs> you're you're harsh uh, listen uh tonight maybe there might be something in there uh maybe there but like at, we're getting to the point in the season where i've watched these guys week in week out and i can only imagine what it's like to watch them season in and season out um and my leash is very short because they're like literally there's these are very coveted spots and they should or they should be even more coveted than they are. Um, and to do that, unfortunately, you probably have to high, have high turnover for your well performers. Who who's out there that's better than Jack Harvey, though, other than Linus Lundquist? I don't know, but I tell you what, I learned about Linus Lundquist today and <laughs> <laughs> that well, was you like, learned about him over the last yeah true that's true but like 
if that guy's just like on the streets, there's someone better than Jack Harvey is right now. Like, there's probably better people out there. I don't know. I think it would be you'd have a hard time. You could probably find someone that is more cost beneficial, or you know, might not wreck as many race cars. Yeah, <laughs> which I guess is essentially saying the same thing is <laughs> cost beneficial. But um, I don't know. I think you'd have a hard time finding someone like I don't know the names that are out there. You know, like Sage Karam and. Jar Hildebrand and like none of these indie lights guys seem to be, you know, other than Linus Lundquist seem to really be, you know, seem to be all that promising that like they're kind of the next, next hot prospect coming up. So I don't know. Like the other thing that I should probably, I've been thinking about this more. I have no concept of what it is like to drive a race car <laughs> um we so, get you on i racing well i mean i understand that somewhat uh and maybe that would help uh but like it's hard for me to look at how a guy's performing or like all i can look at are the results yeah that is my base basic knowledge basic fandom introduction to the sport that's all i can look at so if I'm being harsh on someone, it's because I'm looking at the results and I'm just saying, like, these results suck. Why is this guy still around? And maybe the answer is, well, the next guy coming up is going to be even worse. Well, yeah, um, but it, like if it works the opposite way, too, like if you look at Matt Carpenter's stats with the Yankees from last year, you'd be like, why isn't this guy the top free agent in baseball? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. It works the opposite way because Matt Carpenter clearly is not was not the top free agent in baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a very good reason why, even though he put up some weirdly good numbers. Yeah. It's very apparent to everyone in baseball that it was a fluke. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And. I don't know, I feel like it's hard to. I don't know. I'm just saying I have a hard time conceptualizing this stuff. Yeah. So if I come across as someone who's very cutthroat, it's just because I I really don't know better. Yeah. Well, um, I, yeah, that's fair. You, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah, and then these are the moves that I would make if I were a dumb <laughs> a dumb guy running a team, which I clearly <laughs> probably would. Be. Um, we need to win the Powerball, Tyler, so we can start our own team. Yeah. Then yeah. you can hire whoever you want. You'll be totally in control of personnel. And then we it, can see how it goes. Yeah, that'll be a nightmare. <laughs> um, there is one other thing um that we didn't talk about that was kind of some interesting news. Um Team Penske and AJ Foyt Racing formed a technical alliance. Did you see that at all, Tyler? <laughs> no, but is this like a war starting? <laughs> well a lot of a lot of teams like Meyer Shank and Andretti have a like technical partnership right now and yeah. it, it's big in NASCAR like there's a lot of teams because there's teams that build engines and teams that don't and you know they kind of both leverage it certain ways um 
clearly it hasn't like been super fruitful for Meyer Shank, but um, I think it probably does help a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, it seems to be based on the story from Marshall Pruitt on racer.com, which you do need to start reading racer more regularly, Tyler. That's like the place to go. I've said this before. Yeah. I, I just, I, yeah, honest. you got a lot of other stuff going on, so. <laughs> but it's, it's a good source for F1 news too, which, yeah. I, you know, I know you're not as paying, paying it as much attention anymore. Um, as you used to, but you still stay informed. Yeah, gen generally. Yeah, you know. Um, but it sounds like almost like Penske is going to treat AJ Foyt Racing as like a farm team. Like they're going to get some some AJ Foyt Racing is going to get some equipment and you know data and stuff from team Penske to run. Um, and Penske will theoretically use the team to develop like engineers and, and tire changers and, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and I, I, I think it would be ultimately a good, like, it seems like it's one of the few, Things like this where it will actually be beneficial to both teams. Oh, that's good. Uh, so I, my my brain immediately was like, well, I guess it seems like AJ Floyd's dead then. Um, I mean, but what are they now? <laughs> you said I was harsh. Well, um, I mean, I this, <laughs> my opinion is has developed over many years. Uh, this isn't. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm not just looking at the the box score. This is. <laughs> This is a highly curated opinion. Yeah, well, uh, then I guess it's good, you know, give them a last little life. Uh, I would hate to see AJ Foyt get folded into the mold, though. Um, like I don't I, think I, it ever would. No. no it, Foyt's too big of a name, I don't think. But I mean, it also kind of happened like that's how Brian Herta ultimately ended up as just like an Andretti guy because it was like a similar situation with Andretti. Like mm -hmm. Herta, Brian Herta Autosport had a had a technical partnership with with Andretti and eventually it just kind of like molded into one, you know. Yeah. Just is an, into another Andretti team. So, hmm, that's exciting news, man. Uh, does that mean like on the track they're they're not going to they're still going to do what they got to do. They're not going to play mean or anything, yeah. What what do you mean? They're not going to coordinate yellows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who I who can really say um Benjamin Peterson I don't know if I could you could count on him to do anything <laughs> on purpose. So <laughs> I wouldn't count on it, but no, I mean, I, I do feel like it can't get much worse for them at this point. And like, even if they're giving up some autonomy and overall control over the direction of the team, that might be a good thing. Yeah. Because whatever they're doing now is not working and it hasn't worked for like 15 years. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, just some interesting news. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out next year, especially with their driver lineup, because I'm pretty sure Benjamin Peterson is signed for next year. Nice. Um, but I don't think Santino is signed anywhere yet. And 
part of me hopes that means that Santino gets the boot, but we'll see. I think if anything, Santino gets signed full time, but that's just a gut feeling. Well, I feel like they Penske would want to bring in their own development driver. You know okay. I mean? Someone yeah. who they are investing in. And Santino at this point is kind of a known commodity. Like, yeah. You know, you know what you're getting with him. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, just an interesting, interesting development. I didn't really see coming. Yeah, no, I definitely didn't see that coming. Um, didn't even really know it was a thing until right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, anything else you want to talk about before we witness the bomberito? No, I mean, I think I'm. I think that about covers it. I'm camping this weekend, so I'm hoping to catch it live. I'm hoping we'll be home by three thirty. Um, it's on Sunday afternoon for those of you listening. Um, on NBC, I think. You can actually check. I would assume it's on NBC. Double check yeah. your local listings. I'm looking um, forward to eating a bomberito this weekend. Um, is that what you call a really good burrito? It is now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, if you what, what were you gonna say? <laughs> no, I, that's kind of what I had in mind. You know, I didn't really know. <laughs> Sometimes words just come out of my mouth. Uh, <laughs> uh, All right, fair enough. But yeah, if if you want to send us your bomberito recipes um, or anything, anything at all, um, and you want us to read anything on the air except like weird propaganda or stuff, uh, send us an email at 16streetpod at gmail.com. That's 16streetpod at gmail. Tweet at us, shoot us a DM uh, at 16streetpod. Uh, this has been the 16th Street Scanner. I'm Tyler. Uh, my co-host over there is AJ Hecht. So, Thanks for listening. If you like us, please leave a review. If you like us even more, subscribe. Get us in your inbox every week. It's the best way to support us. And then lastly, shout out to Penny Wishes for our intro and outro music. Uh, they do a great job. Peace. Bye. Who's gonna win it?